If you run a business, Bank of Clark County has you covered. Offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC. You might have noticed a change in your neighborhood lately. Yep, Sprint stores are now T-Mobile stores. Now that Sprint is T-Mobile, you get more coverage, value, and benefits than ever before. We've invested billions to bring our 5G from big cities to small towns across America. And great coverage is just the start. From high-speed mobile hotspot data to weekly deals and giveaways, our customers get tons of great benefits. Head to your new T-Mobile store to learn more. Qualifying service and capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. with you all today. Welcome to Wellness Talk. This is the show that goes over the latest in health and healing, nutrition and fitness and everything we can do to live a long, happy and healthy life. Hope you guys had a good week and ready to hear the latest stories that came out in the alternative health news. Wellness Talk is the show that is for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So please always consult your physician when wanting to make major changes in health and embark on any health programs. And of course, you can always go to Wellness Talk at, I'm sorry, you can go to Facebook at uh, forward slash Wellness Talk to check out the articles that I cite which I post usually a, a day or two after I do the show. Uh, those of you who have gone to georgebatista.com notice that it's a new site. It's finally more of a functional site. And um, you can also listen to the show on that site as well, or you can you know, have somebody go listen to it on that site. And uh, you, if you have a uh, question for me, you can ask me at... Uh, it's uh, wellness talk at hotmail.com. So let's go over what we're going to do this week. Um, let's see. We're going to we're going to talk about some mainstream news this week. Do you know any any children with ADHD? Well, there's a big surprise uh, regarding ADHD and the actual uh, disease itself. There's a lot more to it than meets the eye. I'm going to go over that because the father of ADHD, the actual person who's, who's, uh, who actually uh, came up with the disease, 
actually admitted something before he passed away. And I'm going to talk about that. That's mainstream news. Uh, those of you who use cell phones on a regular basis, uh, there's, there's some new news on what it does. And um, it's, uh, it's not good. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. Three cans of soda per day. What could it do? Well, it could be lethal. We're going to go over that. Uh, that's more mainstream news uh, that just came out. So we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about lycopene. That's what's found in tomatoes. They found that it really, really uh, helps you with uh, cardiovascular uh, health more than we've known in the past. So we'll talk about that. Our big spotlight this week, as far as nutrition goes, we're going to talk about eggplant. That's right. Anybody who's a fan of eggplant, we're going to talk about the benefits of it and what it has in it because uh, eggplant is a superstar regarding health. Those of you who didn't know, so uh, I'll go over the... Um, the nutritional benefits of eggplant and what it's all about. Actually, it's one of the one of the things that I like. I love eggplant. I'm a big fan of that. And I'm going to talk about ritual and the miracle of ritual and um, how we can use it in our lives to be healthier and to um, do you know do some great things. So I'm going to go over that. So should be interesting. Got a lot of stuff to go over this week. So. Let's get started. Uh, first, let's see. The big news of this week that I thought was very, very interesting. Think about this. In the United States, one out of 10 boys among 10-year-olds takes medication for ADHD on a daily basis. And it's, it's one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest things now for uh, when it comes to children that is being diagnosed and it's 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 really unbelievable well let's talk about it who's Leon Eisenberg Leon Eisenberg he he is the father he's known as the father of ADHD and he is, uh, let's put it this way, he has been a leader in child psychiatry for more than 40 years through his work in pharmaceutical, uh, uh, sorry, pharma, pharmacological trails, r uh, researching, teaching, social policy, and for his theories on uh, autism and social medicine. Okay, so he's a big deal. And he passed away, okay, uh, recently, but he admitted something when he passed away. What did he admit? This, um, um, this is his exact words uh, on his last interview before he passed away. He says, and I quote, ADHD is a prime example of a fictitious disease. That's right, a fictitious disease. This, just so you know, this is out of um, WND.com, and this is mainstream. This is by Bradley Dean. And basically what we're realizing is that what, we've, what many of us have known for a long time is that ADHD and diseases like ADHD 
are actually fictitious diseases. These are diseases that were made up by psychiatrists to, um, you know, to push on people, and especially now children. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about it. First of all, um, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is the kind of the Bible of all these illnesses, these psychiatric illnesses, you know, it comes out every few years, and they revise it, and they put new... Um, they put new diseases into it regarding you know whatever they feel and basically what they do is they uh, they pathologize uh, everything basically they may they're making everything a disease now so if a child acts up that's a disease if it's if a child gets angry now it's, it's considered a disease if a uh, if a person uh, is sad or in, in grief because someone passed away well that's a disease too so everything now is a disease right well Here's the thing. They found that of the 170 people on the panel who make this um, who make this um, this book up, basically with with all these diseases in it, 95 of them, 56%, had more or had one or more financial associations with companies in the pharmaceutical industry. And 100% of the members of the panels on mood disorders and schizophrenia and other psychiatric disorders had financial ties to drug companies. How about that? Let's go a little deeper. Okay. Uh, some researchers uh, of pharmaceutical promotion performed a study which shows that the U.S. pharmaceutical industry spent 24.4% of, of the sales dollar on promotion versus 13.4% for research and development in 2004. That is almost twice as much money on pushing their drugs on people than research to make sure that it was safe. So basically, what does this mean in lay language? This means that the psychiatric industry has been making up diseases, because one of them was just admitted right here, and you know we know that there's no real testing for a lot of these illnesses to basically push drugs on people and to push drugs on children and 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 we're seeing that more and more and more evidence is coming out on this and it's and it's really really sad it's sad because and 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 the and the rough part about this is that even when these things come out about the psychiatric industry um it's not going to change anything because that is a ship that has sailed and, you know, they're so good at, you know, that whole industry is so good at pushing these pharmaceutical drugs on people and making all these diseases that have come up. I mean, it, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And now children are the biggest target now. You know, it's one thing if you're an adult and you're, you're uh, you know, taking these, you know, you're gullible enough to, you know, take these medications but it's another thing when now adults are giving this to children like candy when you know children you know really a lot of times have no chance but think about this okay again one of the most famous psychiatrists in the world admitting before he passed away that ADHD is an example of a fictitious disease and when does this stop 
you know when do when do we realize that 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 uh that parenting has a lot to do with what goes on you know that also what a child eats and a child's environment and what a child goes through and the things that a child goes through has a lot to go has a lot to do with how the, how the child acts whether it's in school whether it's at home or whatever when do we realize this instead of just turning around and giving children medication like candy so i thought this was an interesting article and it just shows um it just exposes a little bit more of the psychiatric industry and what they do and how they try to make everything an illness so um i i um i think you guys should definitely read this article because i think it really it really hits home and if you think about the side effects of a lot of these drugs now that children are on everything from confusion to depersonalization to hostility to hallucinations to manic reactions to suicidal tendencies loss of consciousness uh you know uh, homicidal ideation all these things are side effects due to these types of drugs that these children uh, these children get put on and then you have these evaluation programs in school now try, trying to push drugs on these children it's just it's just sad but anyway that's just my rant for today but i thought this was interesting just another little uh just another little uh thing that came out on the psychiatric industry and um you can read it for yourselves all right next um cell phone use may damage salivary glands well we know not too long ago about a year or two ago there was a study that came out on cell phone use and how it actually damaged certain brain cells and how um overusing it especially if you're not using any kind of um any kind of connector with it or uh, you know any kind of uh hands-free device with it um it can damage parts of the brain okay that that's you know that was admitted in mainstream medicine well this is from wellnessresources.com and this was a study that showed that uh now cell phone use it was an um Uh, cell phone use has documented significant free radical damage in the salivary glands of regular cell phone users. Now the research used 20 individuals with 8 to 15 years of cell phone use averaging 30 hours per month compared to a control group. Now 30 hours per month is a lot, okay? It's it's a, it's a lot of cell phone use on a regular basis, but there are people out there that do use their cell phone that much. So This is what they found. They found when they analyzed uh when they analyzed the salivary glands and the reason why just so you know that they analyzed the salivary glands is because that's one of the parts of the body uh the mouth that's obviously very close to the cell phone because obviously when you're talking and so on and so forth. So they they realized that the flow of saliva in these people was significantly reduced as well as the amount of salivary amylase enzymes now amylase enzymes are so you know is needed for carbohydrate digestion okay so it's one of the one of the first things that happens when you eat something your your salivary glands secrete this amylase enzyme to start to break down the process and to start the digestive process well they found that it actually reduced these enzymes and there was multiple markers of free radical damage that were detected in the salivary glands So think about that. So 
this this suggests and it says here in the study that it suggests that there is a considerable oxidative stress on the on the tissues and glands which are close to the cell phone when in use that's significant because how many people are on their cell phone constantly and um, not using hands-free devices or anything like that now most of the individuals in the study again were on the phone about 30 hours a month but the study also found damage to people who were using it just eight hours per month you know and that could be anybody I mean that that's just I mean eight hours per month now that's not a lot 30 hours per month is a lot but eight hours per month is not that much so think about it so cell phone use is it is doing some type of damage and there's gonna be more I'm sure there's gonna be more coming out but what I would recommend is some kind of hands-free device because when I use a cell phone on a regular basis you know and I use I don't use a lot but when I do use the cell phone I use a hands-free device as much as I can because I don't want to and I've been doing that for years but I don't want to end up with you know any types of issues because we know that um, you know it, it, if this can impair your salivary glands and then we know that already it's been shown to impair cognitive thinking and and brain cells and those types of things these can lead to problems later on because um, if you have problems in your salivary glands it can lead to problems in the digestive tract it can lead to things like cancer later on and all different types of things who know I mean the research is in its infancy regarding cell phone use and what it actually does to the human body so again I would suggest those of you who are on your cell phones for a long period of time use a hands-free device as much as possible and hopefully um, hopefully you won't have to deal with any kind of, you know any kind of issues but things like things that can help just so you know are iodine iodine is uh, actually um, a potent germ killer as far as um, the mouth and it's a fundamental antioxidant and um, it, you know a couple of uh, iodine drops can help uh, the salivary glands stay a little more healthy okay so anyway, that's from wellnessresource.com so just things to uh, things to uh, bear in mind those of you who drink soda on a regular basis especially up to three cans per day that can be lethal for you this was a study done this was mainstream medicine and this is Jonathan Marker and this is out of the science recorder this was a new study this was released August 13th from the University of Utah and it says this was actually a study done on mice and it says 25 percent more sugar they what they did was they added 25 percent more sugar to the animals diet which resulted in reduced lifespan and reproduction okay so in essence what this was was they gave mice um, a, a typical amount of sugar that people that a, the average human would consume okay but they added 25 percent more sugar or three cans of soda on top of that and what they found was uh, and I'm quoting here specifically this addition of sugar which is the daily equivalent of a healthy human diet plus three cans of soda caused female mice to die at twice the normal rate and males were 25 percent less likely to hold territory and reproduce 
So think about that. Human relevant levels of added sugar consumption increase female mortality and lower male fitness in mice. Now this was called an this this study was called an organismal performance essay. Um, and it's kind of disturbing if you think about it, because this demonstrates the adverse effects of added sugars at human relevant levels. So how many people, you know, have two, three sugars easily on top of their diet? And, you know, not only creating, not only adding to obesity, adding to type 2 diabetes, adding to all different types of things, but you're, you're creating inflammation. And, you know, what I'm realizing, though, and I think it's a good thing that um, lately, uh, especially in New York, but a lot, a lot of states now are actually starting to, to really maybe, you know, are starting to crack down on these sugary drinks because there's a lot, I've seen a lot more warnings now um, regarding these sugary drinks and how they're bad for you. And now you've seen commercials on, hey, don't drink these sugary drinks, drink water. And, and I'm all for that because sugary drinks are really, really damaging and they're realizing it now. Of course, they've used these soda, how, you know, how long have people used sodas and different types of things with uh, high fructose corn syrup and all these types of things. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, soda is acidic and you're making your body acidic when you drink these things on a regular basis okay and you know you know when you're a kid and you're drinking you don't you don't realize it but you know what parents also should, should be realizing that children especially growing children should not be drinking these sodas they're just making their bodies acidic and they're making their their um their intestines more prone to candida problems, which can lead to things like asthma, which can lead to things like food allergies and all these types of things. So I would stay away from these things. Uh, I don't drink it. My, my daughter doesn't drink it. My family doesn't drink these things. But think about it. Just three cans of soda per day and what, what it's doing to mice. And this was norm, this was healthy human levels. So imagine what it does to humans. Now, you're saying, well, can't humans tolerate more than mice? Possibly, but the reason why they use mice in these types of studies is that mice actually, uh, you know, mice have actually been living on the same diet as we have been for, you know, thousands of years. And uh, they're highly competitive over food and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, they, they're, they've, over the years, they've evolved similar diets as, as, um, as humans. So, just um, again, things to bear in mind regarding soda. I would stay away from it at, uh, if at all possible. Next, lycopene. Lycopene intake reduces cardiovascular disease. And again, this is another one from Wellness Resources Byron Richards. Now, lycopene is part of the, um, the carotene family, and lycopene is found in tomatoes. It's more available from cooked tomatoes because since cooking helps to, to actually liberate the lycopene from the tomato fiber, so it makes it a lot easier to absorb when it's cooked. Um, but you can also get highly purified sources of lycopene, which are found in dietary supplements. And that's probably the easiest way to get high concentrations of lycopene because you're not necessarily going to be eating high amounts of tomatoes on a regular basis. But this was a study 
And actually, this is out of the U.S. Department of Agriculture and Human Nutrition Research Center on aging at Tufts University. So this is more of mainstream news. And a lot of the news that I was doing today is from mainstream, so it's pretty interesting. And they found that your intake of lycopene is associated with a 17% reduction for developing cardiovascular disease. So lycopene is one of those things that actually gets, uh, gets attacked by mainstream medicine. Which is pretty interesting. This is what I found that I found that it was interesting that it's actually mainstream people that are talking about it. But it's one of the things like fish oil and and uh, antioxidants and stuff like that. So it tends to get attacked a lot. But lycopene is highly protective to human health, and it is associated with a significant protection um, for the for the prostate as well as for the skin. And when you regularly consume the carotene, such as lycopene and those types of carotenes, it actually slowly deposits in the body tissues and uses them over time and it actually helps to uh, use them for protection. So you need to consume them on a regular basis over time. But it's showing that over time it's very, very protective. And um, when you don't consume them, it gets slowly depleted by the body's tissues. So it leaves you more you know, vulnerable to health problems and more vulnerable to things like that. But this study was interesting because the authors conclude that the, the, the present study of lycopene intake and cardiovascular disease risk provides supporting evidence of an inverse association between lycopene and cardiovascular disease risk. Now, we know that cardiovascular disease risk can be you know, a weak spot as we get older. So you want to make sure in your younger ages that you're protecting uh, because, again, it, it tends to be a weak spot, especially when you get into your 50s, 60s, and 70s, and so forth, and then you start getting issues with you know, high blood pressure and, and those types of things. So start early and um, make sure you're adding lycopene to your toolbox for cardiovascular disease. All right, next, eggplant. How beneficial is eggplant? This is from naturalnews.com. Um, well, we're going to talk about it. Eggplant is one of my favorite foods. I eat it a lot. So those of you who eat it on a regular basis, we're going to talk about the top three health benefits. First, I'm going to go through this quickly. Eggplant is high in nascinin. Now, this was a study. There's a study in 2005 published in the, psyche, uh, in, the, in the scientific journal reports that nascinin in eggplant skins has anti has anti-angiogenic properties. Now, according to experts, cancer cells can can gain angiogenesis ability and develop, which means that is their ability to produce a blood supply. And the angiogenesis ability of cancer cells causes tumors to grow quickly. Well, the anti-angiogenic properties of nascent actually helps to prevent that. So it helps to prevent tumors from growing and actually getting a blood supply and growing. So that's one of the things that eggplant does. What else does it do? Eggplant is high in chlorogenic acid. Now, eggplants are also high in this acid, according to researchers from the U.S. Uh, Department of Agriculture, and I'm quoting here, chlorogenic acid is the dominant antioxidant in eggplant. It helps to lower LDL, which is known as the bad cholesterol, and helps to fight free radicals that cause cancer. So again, not only does it prevent tumors from having a blood supply, it helps to actually fight the, uh, uh, fight the free radicals that even cause cancer to begin with. 
That's a good thing. Number three, it's also rich in vitamins and minerals and dietary fiber. Eggplant contains vitamin C, it contains folate, it contains B vitamins, and it contains vitamin A. But also, eggplant is a good source of dietary fiber. Okay, helps to protect against colon cancer, helps to keep your digestive tract working properly, and keeps your stomach feeling full after a meal. So, eggplant. It's, it's low in carbohydrates and low in calories. It doesn't contain fats or anything, so, uh, but you can definitely include it in your diet without fear of you know, gaining a lot of weight and that type of thing. But great, 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 great superstar. And that's our, that's our superstar nutrient for the week, eggplant. Many ways to prepare eggplant, but I would suggest that those of you, you know, get it from a, locally, uh, a local farm if you can. Uh, one of the best ways to get it, or uh, many people grow it in their backyard. So it's a superstar, and definitely, um, definitely eat that as much as possible. Um, it's a good thing to have. All right, last, um, the miracle of ritual. This is from LifeSpa.com. This is Dr. Ju- um, Dr. Uh, Duyard, John Duyard, and he talks about the miracle of ritual. In a new study set to be published in the Journal of uh, Psychological Sciences, Harvard Business School, the study demonstrated that when a ritual was performed before eating, the food tasted better and delivered more satisfaction when there was, um, uh, than when there was no pre-eating ritual. Now, this is a study that the participants cut, what they did was they cut a chocolate bar in half and first they opened only one half and enjoyed that half, and then they were allowed to open the other half, and then and then eat that half. It was a you know very simple ritual, and then there was another segment of the study which created a ritual around eating a carrot, and participants were asked to uh, hit the table five times and close their eyes for five seconds before eating the carrot, and the interesting thing is that in both groups. The carrot and the chocolate were enjoyed more as compared to control groups who did not take part in any ritual. Okay, interesting, very interesting. And um, not only that, but the participants in the ritual groups took more time to eat those foods and were actually willing to pay more for the carrot and the chocolate after eat, after the experiencing the ritual. So it's very interesting. Now, if you think about it, what does this mean? Ritual, habit, those types of things are are the best things you could do when it comes to health. Why? Because, you know, when, when I look at my life, for example, all the things that I do, all these little rituals and all these little habits that I perform uh, on a daily basis are what keeps me healthy. You know, so, for example, my little rituals in the mornings, I get up, I, I make my, you know, besides exercising and all those types of things, but I make my smoothies and I make my smoothies the same way. My protein smoothies, I put in the milk, I mean, I put in the milk first and then I, I throw in a protein, uh, a superfood powder, I throw in a protein powder, I'll throw in a little bit of stevia, uh, or maybe if I have some raw honey, I'll throw that in and I'll do everything the same way. And the reason why I do that is because it helps me stick to a nice ritual. Um, another part of my ritual is meditation. You know, when I, I exercise, I'll do a meditation and then I'll start my day. And I'll start my day again with the protein shake and I'll eat some, a little bit of breakfast with it. But again, these are my rituals and I don't deviate from these rituals at all because um, 
This has become part of my day. And these are the things that keep me healthy. I do this before anybody gets up because this keeps me healthy and keeps things the same. Because, uh, you know, the studies have shown that if you keep these same rituals and you keep these same daily habits, uh, they, they can last years. And this, in and of itself, I do every single day. And these are the things that keep me healthy. Once I deviate, if I deviate from these rituals, then this is when you start getting into the issue of when you're not doing the same things every day. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in the slide edge principle. And the slide edge principle is this. You do something every day over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, obviously it could be with your health, it could be with your finances, it could be with whatever. But the power of ritual and the power of habit is extremely powerful. And you have to use that. In or, you know, when we're, when we're talking about health specifically, you have to use the power of ritual, the power of habit to, you know, to keep you healthy and to create these things. That's the only way it's going to work. And that's why. You see people that go to gyms, for example, and that can never stay on these health programs because they don't stay with their ritual. They don't they don't use ritual. They don't uh, take their vitamins on a regular basis. They don't eat healthy on a regular basis. They don't create a ritual for themselves. It's very, very powerful. Now, this study here demonstrated just a small aspect of it, but I'm talking about a bigger aspect of it. I'm talking about a huge uh, aspect of rituals and habits that you can use on a daily basis and it could be getting up and meditating it could be getting up and doing your exercise for 15 minutes a day it could be getting up and you know of how you how you make your your breakfast in the morning whatever your ritual is you know make it a healthy ritual and stick to it just do it every single morning and, and specifically do it at a time where you know that uh, you're not going to be disturbed because it doesn't necessarily have to be in the morning. It could be in the evening. If you do your ritual in the evening, that's fine, but just make sure it's going to be a ritual that you can do every single day because that's going to make the difference because if you start doing things where you're going at a time where you're going to be, uh, where you're going to be, you know, where people are going to be around and, you know, children, spouse, whatever, and they're going to kind of, you know, you're going to start to deviate from that, then you're not going to stick to it. So, that's just my two cents uh, involving ritual, but I think it's a great thing. So definitely get into the habit of rituals and habits and stuff like that. Okay. All right. So we got a question here uh, from Mildred, uh, and she says that my five-year-old son got sick three times last year. So most likely he picked up something from school. What would you recommend to give him that would keep him from getting sick or at least strengthen his immune system before he goes to school this year? Well. Mildred, I know that issue because, uh, again, my daughter is very young and goes to school as well. And obviously children, you know, as they go to school, you know, children are, are more prone to catching things because, number one, they're around a lot of other children that, that you know, tend to have, you know, uh, a lot of illnesses that they pick up. But also children are playing and running and jumping and throwing themselves and putting their hands in their face and their mouth and, they, and it, they're you know they're more prone to catching something very easily and they're plus their immune systems are developing and um, learning to fight germs um, so things that I would recommend there's a, there's a couple of things I would recommend uh, 
for for your little one. Um, one of the things I would recommend is a some kind of health smoothie for for kids. Um, and Emerald Balance has a great one called X Balance, and you can look them up at sgnnutrition.com. They have a great one. Again, it's for for children specifically, but it's packed with antioxidants. It's packed with probiotics, but it's made specifically for children. Even though adults can 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 do it, um, can have it too. But um, it's made great for ch- uh, children. It's very high in antioxidants, and you basically you can make it as a milkshake for the child in the morning before they go off to school. You take a little scoop of it, you put it in a milkshake, you blend it, and have it. it's it's a chocolate milkshake for them, and it's an excellent and it tastes really really good. So it's called X Balance. Um, that can help them in the morning. Another thing you can use for for your for your five-year-old is uh, um, there's a um, from wellnessresource.com there's something called Immune Plus. It's a great powder um, and it, you can actually add it to the X Balance as well. That's a great combination but it's a powder and it's arabinogalactin in that powder and it's great as an immune booster. You take a scoop or two and you blend it and what you do is you, when you put it in juice or you put it in the powder or whatever it is and it will dissolve so the the child who's drinking it won't know that it's there if they're a little fussy uh have them drink it uh before they go off to school every day helps to strengthen the immune system and also um wellness resources has some great multivitamins that are very small and if the child's not doesn't uh want to swallow it um just take it and open it up and put it in their juice or their milk or their powder or their smoothie or whatever and blend it up and have them drink it great multivitamins great again to boost their immune system okay but you know and you know you want to do things to help the child boost their immune system but you got to remember also that children's uh, immune system as they're growing as learning lessons okay so it's for you know even though obviously as a parent you don't want to see your child sick and it's you know uh, you want to do everything you can to avoid that but children getting uh, getting colds and and those types of things uh it is it is an immune system training process because you got to remember that their immune system has to learn how to fight germs okay so even though we as a parent you don't want to see them sick at the same time you want their immune system to gain strength and the only way their immune system is going to gain strength is by actual experience and that's exposure to germs exposure to you know viruses and these types of things and of course keeping that in check okay so yes if a child gets sick you know uh, i know when my daughter would get sick um you know i would you know i i would do everything i can you know to make sure she's comfortable to make sure she's uh you know getting all the nutrition in her as much as possible to make sure that she's dealing you know her body and her immune system can deal with it okay um but one thing my daughter had never had is antibiotics so i would not run out and get antibiotics for her because you we kind of you kind of going backwards and that can lead to a whole bunch of other types of side effects and things like that so um i would pack the child with nutrition as much as possible and um and then you know if the child does come down with something i think the child's immune system would be better able to handle because basically what you're looking for is to give the child's immune system everything it possibly can to recognize and to handle any kind of pathogen and virus and all that that comes along because once it does that it'll you know and once it kicks it out of the child's system um that's a lesson learned and that's uh that's uh, the child system's going to be able to better handle something later on uh as the child gets older 
So those are my suggestions. And also Garden of Life is another uh, great company that has some great um, things for children. Again, Maltese and antioxidants for children. But those are the things I would look into. Um, on my website, there's some resources on that uh, under superfoods and supplements, so you can take a look at that. So um, that's my suggestion. Okay. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic week. If you have any questions for me, you can go to uh, wellnesstalk at hotmail.com. Until I speak with you again, have a great week, everybody. Be well. Bank of Clark County has you covered, offering cash management services to automate and simplify your business banking, streamlined digital banking, and merchant payment processing that's a one-stop solution. Plus, Bank of Clark offers corporate credit cards that help you optimize capital, organize expenses, and enhance your business. Whether you're looking to earn points faster or lower your APR, Bank of Clark County has the card that's right for you. Member FDIC. At ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to The Farmer's Dog. It's real food made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com listen.